Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So as it turned out, all we had to do was get through WWE Hell in a Cell and all of a sudden Raw went, oh yeah, I should come up with new concept and new ideas and I should give that to the WWE Universe. And as a man that watches every single episode of this Monday night show, I was very happy to receive it in my face. And my name is Simon Miller. Welcome to What Coach Wrestling and the show where we give the good bits and up and the bad bits are down. And usually it's quite the roller coaster ride when we do get to Raw. And look, it wasn't all perfect, but let's just give a shout out to the current MVP of this damn thing, Riddle. Who knew he was going to get this over as much as he had? Let's up those doubts. <laughs> know how nuts WWE's Money in the Bank rules are? Randy Orton was absent from this week's Raw, and at the moment nobody seems to know why. Maybe he was just being a snake in the grass or something like that. So they decided, hey, we're going to do a battle Raw to see who's going to take on AJ Styles and Drew McIntyre in the last chance Money in the Bank qualifying match. So we went out of our way to do all of this, and yet on SmackDown, Sonya Deville had just gone, Carmella, you're a great person, I'm going to throw you into that thing. None of it makes any sense. Thankfully, Riddle had a plan to protect his friend in the form of a letter from Randy that said, Hey, Adam Pearson DeVille, please put Riddle in my place. But the fact that it used words like bodacious, it was quite obvious who actually wrote it. Still, the would-be GMs of Raw and SmackDown were so taken back by his creativity, and I guess so smitten by his childishness, they said, we'll tell you what, Riddle, if you run to the ring now, you can be in this battle royal. So his music started to play, and off he trotted. And I tell you too, the story of all of this was great. I really liked it. Oh. Now a quick down, because Angel Garza did get eliminated at one point, and because he landed on one foot, the referees just went, well, it has to be two feet here in the floor, so you can get back in the match. We now need to get a gun and eliminate this non-rule, whatever the hell we're calling it, because not only is it past its prime, but it's just so, so dumb. If you get chucked over the top rope and your ass lands on that mat, that's it, you're done, down. But yeah, this was filled with the likes of Jeff Hardy, the Viking Raiders, and Jinder Mahal, but Riddle did go in there, and he did win, so now he's going to the main event to fight on behalf of his best bud. That works for me. And we had some continuation with some other storylines as well, because Ali chucked out Mansoor was all like, oh, I told you, you need to get more of a clue when it comes to wrestling. And Omos beat up the Viking Raiders, because of course they're having a feud as well. And look, there was some nonsense with the 24-7 title, but I'm just going to be honest with you, it was exactly the same as always. 
and I have become bored with this. The final four were Riddle, Jeff Hardy, Cedric Alexander, and Damian Priest, who was just back on Raw. Who the hell knows where he went? And I suppose we kind of gave him a little bit of a push because he got to the final two, but then Riddle kneed him right in the head. Over the top he went, and as we've already said, Riddle was the victor. And RK Bro remains the best thing on Raw. This was doubly proven when Riddle then demanded they played Randy Orton's music and he did the whole pose on top of the ropes. And as we said during the intro, who knew this would become so beloved and who knew this would be so good? It goes to show sometimes we just have to wait and see. Even the dumbest characters can find a way to smash it. Nia Jax, Reginald and Shayna Baszler were then having a chat. Shayna was playing with cards, I guess, because she is the queen of spades, but also because it relaxes her. And she doesn't care about Reggie anymore because she understands her main problem is killing Alexa Bliss. It then turned out later on it was going to be Shayna versus Nikki Cross. Because <laughs> that's just WWE logic. They then all walked off and it turned out Alexa had been watching them from the shadows. So she's a bit of a weird and creepy person. And as ever, I had no idea what WWE was going to do always kind of feels like they make it up last minute. Jackson Riker was then here and he was still hitting himself with that strap so I think I was meant to take away that he's been doing this for an entire week and if that is the case he shouldn't be having a match later. WWE HR should be going to him and saying hey Jackson do you need a friend? We'll go and find you one. Also saw AJ Styles who was really mad that Riddle got put into the main event because he doesn't think it's fair but he's going to win anyway. Small spoiler, he doesn't. This backstage marathon then continued because we were talking to Nikki Cross, who of course is now a superhero. But as she told us, she's only almost a superhero. So now you can call her Nikki Ash. And I'm sorry, but that just doesn't work at all. Because wouldn't it be Nikki Ass? And I'm not joking. I mean, if you're almost a superhero, that's A-A-S. So you would be Nikki Ass. I'm not ever going to say that again because it's just not worth it. I have other things in my life to focus on. But if you are going to be a superhero, I think you need to believe in your own powers. You can't say it's not working though because Nikki has now worked her way back onto the show and she was taken on Shayna Baszler here. I can't tell a lie. I was quite sports entertained. Very rare, this one. So yeah, fair play to these two because they did have an all right contest. And also, you do have to give a little bit of a round of applause for Nikki Cross. Because she pitched this idea to Vince McMahon. She sold him on it. Now she gets to portray it on TV. Do not forget that wrestlers are human beings. Like, Imagine you went into your boss and said, Hey boss, I've got this project. And the boss went greenlit. I want you to do it. You'd be like, ah oh, man, wahoo, hey, I feel so happy in my tum-tum. And that's how I feel towards Nikki Cross. I like to see people take initiative. My only issue with it is that not did this end with a distraction roll-up it ended with a voodoo magic distraction roll-up and i'm sorry that's too much for me now but yeah alexa bliss arrived essentially hypnotized nia jackson reginald which is her new favorite pastime and Shayna was so distracted by this nikki cross or nikki ash used the most devastating move in all the sports entertainment the surprise roll-up and she got the one two three also i have written that so much when i'm taking notes on raw my iphone predictive texts it which kind of goes to show that we doing this way too much. I really don't know what the end game to all this is either, but I do know that we have to bring it down the distraction board. It goes up to 74. <laughs> we are going to smash through 100 before we get to the end of this year. Kofi Kings and MVP were then doing some smashing of their own because they had this back and forth segment that made me cheer from my own house on my sofa because I'm an idiot. 
up. I mean, if we're not going to get a match between these two at SummerSlam, somebody get me a wig and call me Derek. But Kofi was out here saying how valiantly Xavier Woods fought last week and how mad he is at Bobby Lashley MVP for what he did. But he's going to use that to beat Bob for the WWE title at Money in the Bank. And I was like, yes, you do it, Kofi. You get that championship. I want to see it. MVP that arrived and thought all of this was hilarious and said Bobby Lashley's not here this week because he's taking a vacation and planning what he's going to do after Money in the Bank because we ain't taking you seriously, pal. In fact, we looking right past you. MVP then said that the beating that Kofi's going to take at the pay-per-view will be worse than the one that he took from Brock Lesnar. But Kingston fired right back and said, look, I don't need to worry about this and we should worry about the fact that you've been milking an injury for the past few months. How about I hurt you for real? So he got out of the ring and he troubled in Paradise MVP right in the face. And what a terrific good guy Kofi Kingston is. And I mean that through any company, any part of the world, he is one of the best. And it ended as well with Kofi coming across like a heroic madman. And it left me with this idea, well, I would like to see him get some sort of revenge. So this ticked every single box it had to. <laughs> then got a rematch on Raw. <laughs> Why can't we ever get away from it down? It's a bit of a shame too, because yes, I quite like Eva Marie. She is so good at winding up the internet wrestling community that I get a kick out of it. I'm also hoping that Do Drop, or The Drop as we call her here at Ups and Downs, is able to use this storyline as a platform for better things. But yeah, the fact that we just copied and pasted what we did seven days ago, well, that ain't ever gonna fly. Because I just did not need to see these two taking on Naomi and Oscar again, especially because WWE, as we already know, is teasing that they're about to break up. So they've only been together three weeks, and now they hate each other. However, even though that cost them the last time we did this, this time, it didn't cost them because WWE is just obsessed with 50-50 booking. But even Marie was going to tag in and the drop was all like, nah, last time you did that, we lost. So instead, she hit Naomi with this running cross body and she just won. Eva then announced herself as the winner. And again, the drop didn't look like she was having a good time. And I just don't get who could buy into this emotionally. We weren't given any time to enjoy them as a unit. And now, they're about to fall out. Ricochet then proved that he has magic powers too. And look, we are watching Raw. This has been established in Raw. But going back to my previous point, we are continuing to tease that maybe John Morrison and The Miz are about to break up, and maybe we're doing that a little bit too much, because John Morrison couldn't come up with any nice words to say about The Miz, who is still in his wheelchair. The Miz was like, man, everything I've done for you, please say something nice. The camera then got in nice and close to The Miz, who's all like, man, I don't miss anything, and I have the observational skills of a hawk, which of course meant when the camera panned back out, Sarah Scheiber, who had been doing the interviewing, had turned into Ricochet. So once again, magic. He stole the dripstick though and sprayed these two with water. And I did have this moment where I was like, you know what? A kid would absolutely love this. A child would be like, ha ha ha, I'm stupid and an idiot. And I really enjoyed the fact seeing these two bad guys get wet. So you know what? This was all right. It was also building to John Morrison versus Ricochet. And what a flipping treat this was. Up. Because some of the spots we did hit too. I mean, the Miz was out there and he was trying to block Rick with his wheelchair. So, do you know what Ricochet did? He jumped off of that stupid thing and gave John Morrison a Hurricane Runner. So, we saw a Hurricane Runner off a wheelchair. I don't think I've ever even heard of that damn thing in my entire life. But our good guy was in control for most of this, and I always appreciate that. And man, was that true when we got to the finish. Because as Johnny Drip Drip was sat on a barricade, Ricochet did a springboard crossbody from the ring all the way to where he was perched 
and they tumbled onto the floor. Honestly, this was the highlight of the damn night. It was kind of like somebody that was late for work and was just diving towards the train. And the only shame with this is that it meant the match ended in a double countout, which WWE has just done way too much. However, if you are going to do a double countout, you may as well come up with maneuvers like this. So we need to get a title on one of these two ASAP and allow them to have a proper feud because flood me, this was tremendous. Charlotte Flair was in the back talking to Natalia and Tamina and I looked up and there's no one meaner. And she was like, oh man, we come from privileged backgrounds. So let's go out there and beat up Rhea Ripley, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. And here is the problem when it comes to this match I just talked about. Hello, my name is Simon Miller, the king of the spin or something like that. And welcome to another episode of Heel or Face. This week starring Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, Tamina, Natalia, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. Because I have no idea who's a good guy and who's a bad guy. But here is the wheel. We give it a spin. Round and round it goes. Where it stopped, nobody knows. And the answer is the wheel doesn't have a clue. Because in all of these feuds, nobody's a good guy. Nobody is the bad guy. You just got a bunch of doofuses doing kind of doofus things. Yeah. So I have absolutely no idea. Charlotte could be a babyface, Charlotte could be a heel, same with Rhea Ripley, same with the tag teams. They're kind of just existing and fitting into positions depending on what the position has to be. And they did have a six-man tag, and I tell you this, it was a little bit uneventful because all the programs are a bit of a blur, but I had a good time. Up. Flair and Ripley just thwomped each other on the outside, which convinced everybody else to do that as well. And then we had a little bit of evidence that Charlotte is meant to be a heel because she jumped Dana Brooke and started to beat her up. Brooke then fought back by using a bunch of the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, but she failed every time, which meant she tagged Rhea Ripley in, who was running wild, which is usually a spot reserved for the babyface. So once again, I was just a little bit confused. And we also didn't have much nonsense with our finish either because Mandy Rose got back in the ring and Charlotte just booted her right in the face. I suppose Mandy got knocked out, she fell down, so the Queen just pinned her. So I have no idea how that's meant to help Mandy Rose or Dana Brooke, but I guess I don't have to care. And then it got even more weird, because as Charlotte was celebrating, like, yes, yes, I've done it, Rhea Ripley got back in the ring, she sneakily chop-blocked the Queen, and then she ran off like a schoolchild who had just turned on the taps, like, I did it. So I think we went through about 72 different turns throughout this whole thing. So somebody needs to bring up the big show, because he may be able to shed some light on this. And it is actually okay when it comes to the wrestling, but as for the stories, well, I have no idea. Riker was then still slapping himself. Not like that, but he had this strap. He's like, oh man, I need to be one with the strap or some nonsense. I won't lie, this didn't get me excited for his strap match with Elias. It just made me think this man may need some help. We also tied in some more 24-7 goofiness with this, so from nowhere, that's back. But as I already said, I'm not gonna talk about it, because have a guess what you think happened, and you're 100% right, that is actually what happened. The major point, of course, was to remind you that we were about to do Elias versus Jackson in a strap match. I'm just gonna tell you the truth again. Was it the best thing I've ever seen in my life? No. But was it as bad as I was expecting? Absolutely not. I'm gonna give it an up. I mean, it didn't go more than a few minutes. They used the strap as a weapon. At one point, they were pulling each other into the ring post to cause maximum damage. Brian Saxton was once again trying to tell us, oh man, Jackson Riker is one with the strap, which I'm trying to ignore. But then Riker just hit a black hole slam. He pinned Elias. I bet Captain Picard is pleased. It was pretty inoffensive. I'm sure WWE will now do this again next week and the week after that and the week after that and the week after that and ruin it. But that's future Simon's problem. And present Simon, like I say, 
I got through it just fine. Riddle was then actually pretending that he was Randy Orton. Because Damian Priest approached him in the back and was like, oh man, you did really well, good luck later. He was like, oh, I'm Randy Orton and I don't like you or anything. And oh man, look at my beard that comes and goes. Damian was like, okay, Riddle, you absolute loon. He then remembered he was Riddle for a little bit before going back to being mean Randy Orton. And I don't know how Riddle gets away with this, but again, he just does. He's one of the best things on Raw. Drew McIntyre interview next, and I really would like it if the writers just stop with the whole, well, he's British and he's Scottish, so let's keep having him talk about British and Scottish history. I'm done with it. I mean, they've just become a bit on the nose now. We don't have to have his entire gimmick being, oh, I'm not from here, isn't it crazy? But Drew did kind of establish this and say it was dumb, but he's about to go out there and qualify for the money in the bank. It was then right into that match, which surprised me, because Raw went past far quicker than it usually does. And as it turned out, McIntyre was telling the truth because he was taking on AJ Styles and he was taking on Riddle and he did qualify for Money in the Bank. But honestly, this was bloody brilliant. Up. And of course it was normal WWE triple threat match setup where one guy gets taken out so the other two dudes can fight. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And we kind of added in a few new innovative ideas here. So once again, I was having a tremendous happy day time. McIntyre was a wrecking ball to start with as well as he beat up everybody else. But AJ Styles has been around too long to fall for that one. So he threw Drew McIntyre into the rim post. He then turned to Riddle and said, look, we've got to get rid of the tall guy. He's going to be a nightmare. So they picked him up. They slammed him through the announce table. I mean, Drew really should have seen that coming because it happens all of the time. And the best part about this is that one, we got AJ Styles and Riddle going at it and they always do well. But also two, every now and then AJ would go outside and he'd just punch Drew for a little bit because he doesn't want him to rise from the ashes to be a hero. AJ Styles is always, every single week, brilliant. Of course, he wasn't able to keep McIntyre down for long and he did come back all like, I'm going to kill you. But then we had another twist because Riddle went to kick somebody, missed, and he broke his foot on the steel steps. So then he had to leave. You're like, wait a minute, Drew was down. Now Riddle's going to have to go. What the hell is happening? I mean, we must have done this to try to protect the guy because we have big plans for him. And just as we were building to the finish, out came Riddle, but he was all limping and he had this big comeback. And if you can believe it, he was this close, look at that, to winning. Because he actually hit the arcade out of nowhere on AJ Styles, and just as the referee was about to hit the ground for three, Omos pulled AJ out of the ring, and that ties into the fact that we're probably gonna do AJ Styles and Omos versus RK Bro, but then Riddle turned around, he got Claymore kicked, and that's when Drew pinned him to go into Money in the Bank, so look at all the damn things we are pushing together. He posed to end the show, and as ever, some people are mad, but I really liked it. I mean, for starters, we don't know if Drew McIntyre is gonna win Money in the Bank. I got a sneaking suspicion that Jinder Mahal's gonna screw him over, but let's say he does. One of the issues I've had with the briefcase over the last few years is that somebody gets it, and they cash it in around about 89 seconds. If you give it to Drew, you're gonna have a really badass long-term story where he's like, well, I can't cash it in on Bobby Lashley because that was the rules, but I've only got a year to do it. So imagine Bob holds that title for another 12 months. You could have the last few days where Drew's like, oh my gosh, bro, this isn't fair. I don't think we've ever done that. And I like freshness. But even if I am wrong, I like the fact that we can have this kind of discussion. So yeah, this was an excellent ending to Raw and really a pretty damn decent show all around. And we're gonna have fans back soon. So I'm keeping everything crossed. I have good feelings in my bones and I'm giving it up. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. 
because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns, so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 